We'll do it live. Okay. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. A show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. The barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rippey. Happy to have you aboard here for your Tuesday. If you are ready to jump in and add content, thoughts, frivolity, comedy, or a bevy of all that was just listed, here is your contact information. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. By the way, you can get the newsletter by going over to the main website and signing up right in the newsletter section. Just go ahead and shoot me your email address. I believe that's all you need. And you will get alerted to what is going down a little bit later in the evening. Every Tuesday, right around noon, lunchtime, Eastern Standard Time, whatever, 12, high noon, as they used to say in the Wild West. Uh, Nothing else other than very special promotion or if there's an exceptionally good deal being offered by the sponsors. I will send out additional stuff, but usually you only have to look at like four newsletters a month. And I have to say, I do get some unsubscribes. And I don't understand for the life of me why you unsub- – there has to be 50 other newsletters that you have opted into that are just bombarding your inbox like crazy. And I'm doing it once a week at noon Eastern on Tuesdays. And you're unsubscribed like that. The Barbecue Central Show newsletter is the thing that is pushing you over the edge. And you're going to unsubscribe to my newsletter? The thing that really pisses me off is that I'm not allowed to then redact the barbecue sauce recipe that I give you as a thank you when you sign up for the newsletter. Pisses me off. Anyway, here's what's happening. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, Malcolm Reed, How to Barbecue Right, our uh, normal first Tuesday of the month guest, our also normal first Tuesday of the month guest following Malcolm in his 935 segment, Sam the Cooking Guy. Then we will move to the second hour, a little bit more 2019 Barbecue Hall of Fame based, both from a short list and an actual inductee. At 1014, Lee and Michael Quisenberry join me from Jim Quisenberry's Barbecue and helping me close the show this evening, Jonathan Bird of Dreamland Barbecue. So Lee and Michael on the short list of nine, Jonathan Bird talking about John Bishop, who was inducted 
this past Wednesday to the 2019 Barbecue Hall of Fame class. And there's what's happening this evening. Don't forget, you can follow me socially in between showtimes and or during showtimes at BBQ Central Show on Insta and the Twitter slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook, which is where some of you are watching this as we speak. A couple of things to get off the docket before we get into the first break and then over to Malcolm Reed from How to Barbecue Right. I want to thank my Tennessee embedded correspondent, Steve Ray, for stepping in and guest hosting the show last week. If you missed it, Steve did a great job filling in for me as I attended my oldest daughter's high school graduation ceremony slash commencement. I thought the embedded correspondent segment was especially great. So if you haven't heard the show from last week, make sure you download both hours and give it a listen. If you have to choose between the first hour and the second hour, from my listening perspective, I think the second hour with the embedded correspondence was absolutely fantastic. And the topics that they covered were very timely, but a lot of great differing slash same slash similar slash divergent opinions on a bunch of the topics that they talk about. Steve did a really good job moderating that portion of the show. Uh, Typically, Steve, Doug, John, and David, and I'm the moderator, but since I dropped out, Steve did a good job of moderating the other three, but then was also adding in his two bits of information anyway. So thanks again to Steve Ray, the Tennessee Embedded Correspondent. Don't forget, if you really like barbecue talk, you can tune in to Steve Ray's show every Wednesday at 7 p.m. That's the Owl's Nest Barbecue Show on the Owl's Nest Barbecue page on Facebook. So thanks again to Steve. Number two, and perhaps more importantly, did you tune in to the live Hall of Fame announcement show this past Wednesday? If you hadn't heard that and you've been living under a rock and you don't follow anything socially that I do or promote or otherwise, here's who's in. John Big Daddy Bishop of Dreamland Barbecue in Alabama. We will be closing the show with somebody talking about Dreamland, as I had mentioned in the open. Wayne Honey Monk from Lexington Barbecue Restaurant in North Carolina, Lexington. And CB Stubbs Stubblefield. Stubbs World Famous Barbecue, Texas. Those are your three Hall of Famers. I also want to thank Emily Park for coming on and doing the reveal with me. I thought it was a great first step in what could be a fairly nice, unbiased partnership. I think it would be a bad idea to get into some kind of business-slash-sponsorship deal with them because it could taint, or at least it could be perceived as tainting my objectivity on this topic, which I want to keep completely above board and transparent. And if I want to rant on something, I don't want to have to think about if I'm going to do it or not, or if I feel pressure to not do it because we're in some type of a financial partnership. Speaking of transparency, Emily reveals many things during the lead up to the 2019 class announcement. Some of those highlights were the naming of the six nominating committee members. If you're not familiar with them, Daniel Vaughn, Sometime a guest on the show. Jim Shaheen oh, has been a guest on the show from the Washington Post. Adrian Miller has been a guest on the show, the Soul Food Scholar. And then uh, three that I'm not overly familiar with, John Cheltenry. And I'm not sure how to spell his name, so I didn't have a really good success rate at finding info on him. Robert Moss, 
who I believe if it was the right Robert Moss is a Southern living barbecue writer, and Jim Ockmoody, who I was able to find zero information on. On to uh, on top of revealing those nominating committee members, Emily also revealed that a fresh short list of nine is generated each and every year. So the six that did not make it this year have to go into the final nine list again next year through a whole new discussion process. Again, they are not carried over automatically next year, those six, and then adding three and new. On top of that, anyone who was nominated initially is put in a pool that is held for three years. And after that time, the names fall off, and that person would have to be nominated again to be put back in a new three-year carryover pool. And I did ask Emily if that list would be made public, and Emily said it was something that was being strongly considered but wasn't something that had a timetable on putting up at this point and to be honest that is the i mean certainly i love to get my hands on the short list of nine but i would love to see the bigger pool of nominees as she had mentioned during the show on wednesday there were 80 nominees and 50 of those 80 were unique names so there were you know some repeats in names but there were 50 unique names that was roughly double the amount of names that was the year before uh, lastly, let me say this because I don't want to get it washed over during the course of time here, but it has been no secret that I have been one of the most vocal critics of the hall since it took its current form back in 2012, beginning with the induction of Guy Fieri that year and holding that aside, the way Emily came in last week with the most information and transparency that we have seen to date, I think it did these two things. Uh, one, it continually solidifies that the Barbecue Central show is the outlet to release breaking news on to the entire live fire industry. No other show doing that or even has the ability to pull off something like we did last Wednesday. The second thing was to bring the overall level of the hall up many notches. The info that was shared shows us all that they're taking it seriously and that they want to get all their cards on the table as it relates to how these folks are picked to get into the Hall of Fame. It really helps kind of raise them up and really excites me and I hope it excites you as well. And I hope it's something that we can put together each year. But last week was a great first step. And I want to thank Emily Park and all the folks over at the American Royal Association that had a part in agreeing to this communal release of information exclusive to the Barbecue Central show. Very much. It means a lot. And we look forward to doing it again next year, or if things make sense prior to next year's Barbecue Hall of Fame announcement, it was great. Malcolm Reed coming up out of the break. Let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, your number one online shop for all things barbecue. Their curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa's has something for every type of outdoor cook and will help you become a better barbecue. Whether you're in the backyard or a competition pro, Big Papa has something for you. Known for the great championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit and in the backyard. 
Big Papa's offers 13 perfectly balanced flavors that will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary, whether you're cooking to impress the judges or grilling for your family. Big Papa Smokers award-winning rubs and seasonings just don't disappoint. Pick up a bottle today at BigPapaSmokers.com. If you're looking to improve the flavor of your competition barbecue recipes, Big Papa Smokers has combined forces with fellow rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what is known as the West Coast Offense. And over the course of the last handful of years, the West Coast Offense has cornered the market on competitive barbecue and redefined flavor profiles that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. Big Papa Smokers has the online exclusive for Simply Marvelous Rubs. Stop by their site and pick up some today. Aside from the rubs, aside from the sauces, they got cookers. Check out the Mac 2 Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offer special packages. How about the Old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal cooker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trail? If you have any questions, give them a call. 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Ask all of your questions. They will give you all the answers, and you are ready to go. You can also shop their selection online at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A, BigPapaSmokers.com. Malcolm Reed from Killer Hogs and How to Barbecue Right. Stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, and seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oil. Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit as well as in backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood. Visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up now. Always trust your butcher. The first Tuesday of the month brings a visit from one of the most prolific barbecue and grilling rock stars on YouTube. We race to the hotline, the Fogo Charcoal Hotline. And welcome back, friend of the show, Malcolm Reed. Malcolm, how are you, buddy? I'm great, Greg. How's it going in Ohio, man? We are doing absolutely fabulous here, Malcolm. Appreciate you making time for the show. As always, we've got a number of different topics to cover here this evening, so let's start to run through it so we make sure we have enough time. First and foremost, uh, last month we were talking about the run-up to probably one of your bigger competitions during the course of the year, that being Memphis in May, special to you for a number of different reasons, but we were talking about your ramping up for it, and now it's passed, so let's look back and do a recap if you will so just from a high level as compared to some years in the past recently how does the 2019 version of memphis and may stack up to some of the other ones uh that you've competed in over the last handful of years oh it was up there in every way the weather was beautiful um i guess the worst thing about it was uh right they rushed through the awards at the end on saturday you know we'd been there all week long, you know, from setting up to, to hanging out, partying, talking to everybody we possibly can, shooting a video, 
we did the whole thing. You know, I met met Dave Grohl, man. How crazy was that? But but at the end of it, uh, we went to the awards and the storm was coming, so they had to evacuate the park. And I've never seen that many people uh, get out of Tom Lee Park that fast. It was it was pretty bad. So people were everything was picked up because there was imminent danger. It wasn't like they just decided to blow off the awards. Oh no, man! There were sixty-five mile an hour winds coming across the river, <laughs> headed right to. Wow! I mean, it, it destroyed tents. I mean, it, it. We still have no idea where one of our garbage containers is. I mean, we went back the next day and they were just gone. I mean, I mean is it just wind. that time of the year? You always see a lot of mud or a lot of rain for Memphis in May. Is it just the way the weather falls for that kind of event? That's springtime in Memphis. Yeah. Uh, you know, we. You stick around, you'll see it. You'll see it change because one minute, you know, it's beautiful, and one minute it's ninety degrees, and you're burning up, and then the next, you know, storms rolling in. So it's we're used to it, and we just go with it and have a good time. Malcolm Reed joining me here on the show, recapping Memphis and May. All right, so you did ribs this cook, right? I did. Yeah, we came in thirty third, and you know, out of all those teams, it was pretty good. It wasn't where we wanted. We didn't get to walk the stage or anything, but but we had a good cook. How many total rib cooks were there? Do you have any you know, idea? I didn't, I didn't look all the way down at the bottom, but usually there's somewhere between 120, 130. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, there's some that when you get down to the bottom, some guys don't turn in or something went wrong or some teams are out there just to get a spot. So when you get down to those low teams, you know, it's, it's really that if, if you make the top half, it's kind of what we try to shoot for. We want to be in, of course, we want to be number one, but. Uh, we'll, we'll take 33rd this year and reload, get ready for next year. Yeah, I'll top third. I mean, that's uh, certainly nothing to sneeze at. Well, I mean, was there anything in the cooking process that you thought might have stymied you or just the judges didn't like what you were turning in? Uh, it's all in that blind box, man. I caught some bad tenderness scores in blind. Our on-site judges scores were about perfect. Hmm. Um, you know, we caught all tens and, you know, we had, I think we had a nine, six and a nine, eight and overall, but but we, we carried some nines and tenderness because of our blind box. And that's out of your hands. You never know what table it's going to hit. Um, I will say that we, you know, I kind of did a full practice run on Friday, the day before the actual contest. And everybody that tried those ribs and then tried the Saturday ribs said they thought the, the tenderness was better on Friday. The flavor was better on goat on Saturday. Mm. So it's, it's the nature of cooking ribs, man. You, you know, it's, that's why it's a challenge. Uh, I I recall Darren Worth saying that uh, overall it's a tenderness game first. If you can nail tenderness, you can always come up with the flavor and some other stuff. So uh, do you think if you would have had a better tenderness on the second day, you would have scored better? Probably so. Um, I mean, yeah, if I would have had tens in tenderness, I would have made finals and I would have been up there with my buddy Jay and <laughs> had to go against him in finals. He, he lucked up and won the whole thing in ribs. Yeah. So that's Jay Durbin from Tennessee Mojo. You got to get him on here and talk to him about it because he was it was it was surreal, man. I was down there hanging out with him and we had a big time. Um, so you are thirty third overall. Uh, Tuffy Stone actually wins up uh, or ends up winning Memphis in May. He wins the world championship in Port Shoulder, and then him and the ribs finalists, whole hog finalists, are all up there for overall. And then he ends up taking the whole thing. Uh, that's his first Memphis in May overall win. It was incredible, man. I was so happy to see Tuffy get that because, you know, he's got the Royal. He's got the Jack. Now he's got Memphis. I, I, he may even have Houston. I don't know. But, man, he's an, he's a phenomenal cook. And if he doesn't have Houston, it's going to be a race between him and Darren to see who could get all four. Well, so I know Darren, I mean, had, he, he was there to get his uh, Memphis and May. Yeah, so, 
you know that, that this could spin off into something completely divergent because you're a c- competitor and I'm just somebody that likes to talk to competitors and we can speculate and do all that stuff they do on NBA and Major League Baseball and all that other stuff as we uh, break down certain events. But Darren has won Houston Livestock. He, up until a couple weeks ago, made no bones about really having no interest in doing Memphis in May at all. And I had asked him after he won Houston Livestock, I said, the only thing that you really have left, if we want to even entertain it, is Memphis in May. And that is such a wildly different competition, way out of his comfort zone. Houston's probably more out of his comfort zone uh, when you look at it from a KCBS side of things, but a little bit more like KCBS. Memphis in May is a completely different thing. I think it was a little bit out of his element there. I mean, you look at his finish and you're like, oh, Darren had a terrible cook, blah, blah, blah. But they don't understand exactly what's going into Memphis and May. Certainly you do. Do you think from a percentage standpoint, Tuffy has a better shot at winning Houston before Darren would have a shot at winning Memphis? I, you know, I don't know because Darren was 11th this year in ribs. I mean, he was one away from top 10. And he had some good, you know, some a bunch of good help down there with him. So oh, yeah. I think he's got, he's got the shot. He knows what it takes. He knows how to cook a good rib. And, um, you know, t- but not- taking nothing away from Tuffy at Houston. Um, I would think Houston would be the harder of any of them because, you know, we guys like us that are regular competitors, we don't normally go down to Houston and cook that one. That's kind of a Texas thing. You don't see a lot of out-of-state guys traveling to go down there and cook that one because it's such a big thing in Texas. And I, for me, that one would be the hardest one. Let me ask you, given Tuffy's win at Memphis in May and what he's won currently, is he the best competition cook ever right now? I don't know about the best ever. He's definitely up there. I would. I mean, I, I, I call Darren the goat because he's he's when you when you go up against him in KCBS, it's just like I man, you better chase him because you know he's going to be up there. <laughs> uh, Tuffy's the same way, but he doesn't cook uh, you know as much competitions anymore. He's you know he's a restaurant guy. He's got a lot going on, um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I, if I had to pick, I couldn't pick between the two. Which one's better? But I will say that I've went up against Darren a bunch, and and I don't know if, if I mean you can count the number of times I beat him on one hand. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> Usually, just, if I if I get reserve grand, he's got me by a couple points. He's got the grand, so I just I bow down to him, man. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to show you a picture, and you have to tell me what the hell is going on here. Stand by for this. All right. What is going on here? <laughs> is that a real picture? Did you see this circulating around or what? I didn't see that one. But I guarantee I know what happened, man. There's there's all kinds of excitement and drinks flying and all that. I, I don't think it was an accident the way it looked. No, I guarantee you that's beer. Wow, I guarantee you it's beer. It's one of the <laughs> it's one of the most incriminating photos I've seen recently, and to, to one of the best ever, no doubt about it. That's hey, Chris when, when names, you know, when people's names get to go, get the call and beers get to flying, I mean, hey. it's I had stuff in one of the pictures I was in. I had stuff all over me. And I think it was a whiskey drink, but but I was covered. I mean, but we were you know there's tears flowing, beers flying in the air. It's it's all fun. Yeah, uh, we're talking with Malcolm Reed from How to Barbecue Right and Pitmaster of Killer Hogs Barbecue. All right, so let's move on a little bit and hit up the Hall of Fame announcements. And it was you know one of those watershed moments. I think when I had asked you, maybe it wasn't the last time, but the time before when it was just starting to bubble up and nomination time was open. You're like, you know, I don't even really know who's in the Barbecue Hall of Fame and. I think that kind of struck a chord with a lot of people going, hey, you know, we may, maybe we hear about it. Maybe we've never heard about it. And for the folks that are in it and that have a name in the industry and have been in it for a number of years like yourself and a, and a number of other folks, it kind of makes you wonder 
where the visibility of the Barbecue Hall of Fame is. So Wednesday this past, they announced three new members into the Barbecue Hall of Fame. So let me ask you this. Do you know who got inducted into the Hall of Fame? Um, the guy from Dreamland. <laughs> I shared your post. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know well, him. all right. We Honestly, got, we got, I've been to that restaurant a couple times going through Alabama. It's pretty good. Oh, and you were at the one in Tuscaloosa? Yeah, yeah, in Tuscaloosa. It's oh. kind of, when we're going to the beach, you know, we yeah. kind of make a pit stop through there. All right, so. Get some real, different style, it's a different style of barbecue, man. It's, it's that old, you know, uh, I, get, I don't think it's Alabama style. It's just old school ribs cooked in a pit, not sauced, and, you know, the whole racks of ribs. They're mm-hmm. not cut in, spare, you know, in, in St. Louis cuts, and they're really good. Wayne Monk is also into the Barbecue Hall of Fame this year. You ever heard of Wayne Monk? I have not. What about CB Stubblefield? Um, uh, Greg, I honestly wow. don't know these guys. So I'm sorry. Stubbs Barbecue Sauce. You ever seen Stubbs Barbecue Sauce? Stubbs, yeah. So that's that's who uh, yeah. that's who CB Stubblefield is. He's the guy on the Stubbs Barbecue so Sauce. Craft have a hand in getting him in there, or is that uh, is that earned? It's uh, <laughs> it's McCormick, I think, that owns the yeah. the sauce and the spice and stuff. But I think if we're going off a brand, and I. I believe that there's still like a uh, family that's involved to a certain degree, and I don't know how much it's owned by the Stubblefields anymore versus the bigger company. But from a name brand recognition, I think that's probably the one that most people know. I mean, I knew about Dreamland Barbecue and John Bishop just because I do the show and you hear a lot of stuff. And uh, but it's no place that I've known personally, and I don't have any idea who Wayne Monk is other than some guy from Lexington that cooks pork barbecue because that's what you eat when you're in the Carolinas, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I was at a loss for those names. I mean, I really was. Well, so what do you, what would get you involved or excited to learn more about it? Anything, or do you just not really care that much? It doesn't, I mean, there's I no mean, right or wrong answer. You know, I mean, I, I care about barbecue as far as, you know, the hall of fame, the guys that I look up to are probably most, most of them are already in there. And, um, you know, I, some people that I think they put in there that have no reason being in there. You know, you're not picking anybody out, but just I think you got to put in a lot of hard work and you know, and do, and do your you know do your due diligence. And you know, I, I, some of these guys, you know, we you know, I, I don't know how much credibility it has, man. I ain't putting any light on anything that that I shouldn't, but that's the way I feel. So, are you saying that if you and Rochelle and your son were planning a family vacation and there was an existing brick and mortar barbecue hall of fame, what would be the interest level of your wife and son to take a portion of the day to go through the barbecue hall of fame, starting with 0% <laughs> and going to 2%? <laughs> oh, it would, probably, it would probably be zero. Yeah, right. We'd, we'd, we'd more than likely go to back to Cleveland. <laughs> What the hell does that mean? <laughs> Cleveland is awesome. Rock, we want to go to the Rock Hall of Fame, man. <laughs> well, when you go to the Rock Hall of Fame, let me know, and we'll we'll all go for the very first time, if you can believe it or not. I've never been. That's, that's a ten percenter. I mean, you'll have to explain to me why it's in Cleveland. What are you talking about? You don't know why the bar, why the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in Cleveland? I don't, man. We've got Elvis in Memphis. I don't understand why he's the king of rock and roll. Why is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame not right here? Well, because Alan Freed, a Cleveland DJ, coined the term rock and roll oh. right here. There you go. Well, right. I didn't know that. See, of I learned course. something coming on your show, man. Now, you would think the people in New York City have some type of a claim to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but 
Every other year, they have all the induction ceremonies over there, and everybody whines when it's here in Cleveland. But this is the home or where rock and roll or the term rock and roll started. I mean, who knows where rock and roll started? You know, what can I tell you? So that's why. Okay. I got you, man. Right. Hey, I learned something, man. Hey. It's always good to come on here and learn something. The show's educational at the very least, entertaining at the very most. Uh, let's talk a little bit about recipes and the one that I wanted to talk to you about, which I'm sure you probably got some very positive notes on and some very hateful comments on was bacon burnt ends recipe. And I remember, was it last summer when a pork belly burnt ends came out? Or maybe that was two summers ago now and there was a whole bunch of love for it. And then people were flaming all over. This is a little bit different twist, but uh, talk to me a little bit about the recipe and then we can talk about the comments that you got. Well, it's probably the easiest thing in the world that you can cook on a smoker mm. because the bacon's already fully cooked. Um, where I got this idea from, where I mean, I, I went to a restaurant in Fort Worth. It's called Heim Barbecue, and they were on their menu, bacon yeah. burn ends. Yeah. They, they, uh, they take a slab of bacon um, cured, you know, so it's already been cooked, and then they cut it up, cube it, do it burn-in style with a little dry rub, put it on the pit, smoke it till it's all rendered down. And then um, at Heim, they don't really finish it in a sweet sauce. That's something that I added to it, and I just used my seasonings and glazed it up like I did the pork belly burn-ins. And it's pretty much like thick thick chunks or pieces of bacon candy, and mm. they just they make your eyes roll back, Greg. So, the, I mean, the biggest <laughs> difference is that you have the, the cured or the saltiness uh, from the bacon that you don't get with the pork belly, per se. That's it. It's you know, so it's already been cured. It's already been sugar cured, more than likely. I use the Wright's brand bacon. I'm not paid by Wright's or anything. Uh, funny thing, they did send me a letter with some coupons um, because they sold out of Wright's everywhere. Oh, really? And they wanted to. They wanted to say thanks for uh, you know for me uh, using their stuff in the video, hmm. and, and I didn't even know how to tag them in it. I mean, I couldn't even find their Instagram uh, feed when I was when we did it. That was something Rochelle was looking for, but I found that at Sam's Club, and they had I think it was. A two and a half pound piece, so it's like you know a little quarter of a, a whole full slab, perfect to cut into little strips and cube, and it's a heck of an appetizer. You can't eat many of them, man. They're, they're so rich, yeah. It just sits on you, so it's really a one or two bites, and that's it. Yeah, I found that to be the same thing with the pork belly burn ends when I made them for the first time. They looked great, they felt great, like a nice squishy. Had a little homemade barbecue sauce over the top of them. And I put the first one in my mouth, and I was like, holy shit! If I have like four or five of these. I'll be really stretching it because, as you said, they are really heavy on the pad, a lot of fat, and if you don't have something to kind of cut it out with, it just kind of hangs out in your mouth. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it'll it'll make you sick. It really will. I, and I and I gave what I had left over to a buddy, and I, I warned him. I was like, "Man, you know, you're going to want to try these. Don't do it." And I he called me about four hours later. He said, "Oh man, I tried one, then I tried two, and I tried three, then I ate them all." And he was <laughs> man, he was hurting. He was hurting bad. Yeah, the law of diminishing return probably applies after the fifth or sixth uh, bacon burnet, no doubt. Um, so, what kind of uh, negative did you get? Did you get a lot of the burn ends or only beef or burn ends or only brisket? You and you know it. I mean, that's um, that's always going to happen when you go out of the the norm and call something a burn in because for some reason people think that that can only pertain to a certain thing of brisket mm -hmm. done in Kansas City most of the time. But I mean, to me, I did, it was just a play on it. It's kind of a faux burn in or whatever you call it. It's a, it's it's pork in the shape of a burn in that we do in comps. Uh, to me, when I when I've had burn ins at a restaurant in Kansas City, I think. Um, 
Joe's is where I, where I, the best ones I had, they weren't even typical squares. They were kind of really the tips hmm. where they just had them cut up of the, the areas that kind of dry out that you know is going to crumble. They just cook those down, and that's what a burn-in is to me. It is really a burn-up end. Yep. Uh, uh, but, I mean, I've seen hot dog burn-ins. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen people doing all kinds of stuff with them. Somebody did chicken burn-ins. I mean, it's... Anything, you know, anything you can square up and put in a smoker for a little while and cover with barbecue sauce and butter, put it back on the smoker is going to be a burn in of some type. That's it. Yep. It's, it's going to burn up eventually. And, and you know, you're just cooking it to where it melts in your mouth, whatever it is you're doing. Uh, this coming weekend, you and Matt Pittman are putting on a class down in Waxahachie, I believe. Uh, we're going, we're going over there Friday mm-hmm. and the class is actually going to be Saturday and Sunday. Matt's going to do some Texas recipes and I'm going to do, uh, do a few Memphis recipes. I'm doing whole shoulder, doing some uh, Memphis style dry ribs, um, and I'm I'm taking all the pork. I'm getting local here in Memphis, so I can really treat those those guys over there to something special. Um, I think we're my, Matt's doing brisket and the big Texas beef ribs, mm-hmm. and then he's going to do his shrimp and grits. I mean, he's got all kinds of stuff planned. I'm I'm really excited to go because I've been you know I, I follow Matt and. Uh, we we just kind of got the meeting that at Memphis in May here a few years back, and he's like, "Man, you want to come over to the meat church? I, you know, I do it all in my backyard." He's got a new store over there, or something now. Yep. This setup looks fantastic, so I'm hoping to learn some stuff from him while I'm there. I am going to have a barbecue central show embedded correspondent taking part. Good. Yeah, so he'll be on the very outskirts. It's my Oklahoma embedded correspondent, so he has recording gear, so he'll be asking you and Matt some questions and probably getting some feedback from the crowd and the class and all that stuff so uh keep your eye out for david huff and i'm sure he'll be looking to capture some great audio from you guys so that's this weekend i assume that's all sold out as well yeah those yeah. they they sold out pretty quick really matt told me that they would as soon as he puts them up on his site so he's he's got such a huge following on instagram man it doesn't take long no doubt so if you're gonna be or if you have the tickets you will see malcolm in waxahachie texas this coming weekend along with Matt Pittman in Matt's backyard. Uh, otherwise, you can hit up the website, How to Barbecue Right or Killer Hogs Barbecue, and you can see this guy right here on the first Tuesday of every new month. That's Malcolm Reed. Malcolm, always appreciate the time, pal. Hey, thanks, Greg. I look forward to seeing you next month, You man. got it. There he is, Malcolm Reed, on the Fogo Charcoal Ooh. Hotline, talking about the Memphis and May results. Good taste one day, not so good tenderness, and then the reverse results. On Saturday, so I would say if you get good tenderness, you can always crank up the flavor. But if you don't have the tenderness, it doesn't matter how good the flavor is. Dave Grohl. By the way, if you listen to the Bon Appetit podcast or whatever, Dave Grohl just recently did a podcast with those guys and talked about his love of barbecue and called out Malcolm Reed by name, unprovoked. Nice. Uh, no, he did not mention my name. Uh-oh. We'll get there. Sam the Cooking Guy coming up next. Talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. Three different models to choose from. Davy Crockett, most portable. Daniel Boone, midsize on the patio or deck. And then Jim Bowie, that's the big one. 
Two different lines to choose from, the Classic line and the Prime line. Prime line, a little bit more heavy-duty on the build as far as the chassis is concerned. you got the look-through windows on the cooking chamber and in the pellet hopper. Two separate internal meat temperature probes if you want to use those. 12-volt power technology giving you superior control over the fan. That increase uh, increases the efficiency, helping reduce pellet consumption. whole bunch of other stuff there on the website, too, by the way. Rub sauces and so forth. So make sure that you head on over to GreenMountainGrills.com and check out what they have. If you have any questions, drop them an email or give them a call. Great customer service as always. Great tech help as well because they do have all that Wi-Fi technology and the app stuff. So if you have any questions, they're there to answer it. GreenMountainGrills.com, and we are back with Sam the Cooking Guy. Stick around. Be right back. incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by CookingPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit cookinpellets.com, C-O-O-K-I-N, cookinpellets.com. To purchase, you can also buy from amazon.com as well. Cooking Pellets also has that free app. So if you want to go ahead and download that free app, you know what can happen? You can get alerted to great shipping deals and all that other stuff. Now I got to. Send Sam a message. Make sure that he realizes we're back in the normal time slot. Last month, he did me a solid and moved to the second hour at 1014. So we don't, hopefully we're not living off of the past. Past performance is not in, is not. Andrew, you are not. Is not. Indicative of future results. That's my favorite sound drop. Whenever I can work in is not. Andrew, you are not. (laughs) But when you listen, like if you go to YouTube where I originally shanghaied that clip. And do Maury Povich, Andrew, you are not the father. When you stop to think about the horror that is taking place during that whole soundbite, which is great for me to work it into so we can play it during the show, but when you think about the real-life events that are unfolding during that soundbite years and years ago, Maury Povich was now the expert in doing 
paternity reveals with folks that may or may not know who they had sex with, thereby getting pregnant from. They're having so much of the sex with so many different of the people. They can't definitively say, well, I know it's Charles or I know it's Andrew. Andrew. Right. You are- it's not Andrew, but it might be. I, I think it's Andrew. Let's go on national television and have Maury share our paternity results with us. So the lady is now super pissed because Andrew is not the father. Andrew, on the other hand, is very jubilant because Andrew is not the father. Andrew, you are not the father. We listen to that guy. Oh, oh, yes. My life is not changed forever. And unfortunately, while the mom is pissed and Andrew is jubilant, there is a sad story in the middle, which is the kid who apparently no one knows who his father is because we know sure as hell it ain't Andrew. Andrew. You are not the So it breaks my heart when I stop to think about how that soundbite translates. I mean, it's fun, as I'd said in the show, but in reality, you have a woman who is heartbroken because the man she thought she was having sex with is not the father. You have the guy who is not the father and is now very happy about not being the father of this kid. But sadly, in the middle, we have a kid who doesn't know who the hell his father is. And that's what really makes me sad about that whole soundbite, is that somewhere in that time frame, some kid doesn't know who his father is because the mom can't keep track of all the people she's having sex with. Andrew, you are not the father. Right? Dancing around. I'm not the father. I'm not the father. Wow, we. All that aside, it's my favorite, one of my favorite sound bites ever. It, it, it floats between Andrew, you're not the father, and my Austin car, get that weak stuff out of here. It's one or the other. But you are not the father makes me sad. Sam, when you hear that sound bite, do you feel bad for the kid who doesn't know who his dad is? I would feel bad for anybody ever. Man. I mean, how much sex are people having where they can't keep track of their partners and they have to go on national television to find out if it is the father or not, the person that they've chosen, which, by the way, Andrew is not the father. Andrew, you are not the father. He's so happy, and I want to be like, yeah, Andrew, but I'm like, damn, that kid still doesn't know who his dad is. Come on. It's just going. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so I can't, watch, I can't watch those shows. No, cannot. But I love that one soundbite. That's why I grab it and play it whenever I can work into it. But it's not all the time. Admittedly, I overuse a bunch of them. That's not one of them, and it's always funny when I do. Although I just overused it. But nevertheless, admittedly, I'm a little late. How you and I connect mm. on different levels. Check this out. So my oldest graduates from high school 
We have her commencement was a, a week ago, Tuesday. Steve Ray from Ottawa, Tennessee, sat in and guest hosted the show. Uh, that right. that option is extended to you, by the way, if you ever thought about wanting to do that. But we can talk about that off air. Uh, okay. And then we had the graduation party on Saturday. So we had like the open house at some hall we rented and cooked for. And then we had the uh, Did nine. Did we talk about the food? Mm, no, it was... You know, standard fare, some pizza. I did some pulled pork. Uh, my wife did rotini, like 10 pounds of rotini and sauce, blah, blah, blah. And then we sure. had the party at the house afterwards for the kids. Uh, no drinking because that's stupid. And <laughs> out of nowhere, there were like 70 teenage kids at my house at one time. And it was raining, so everybody was inside and it was hot as F, blah, blah, blah. Out was of- this the plan? Sorry. Well, no, the plan wasn't for it to rain. The plan no, was that, the plan for there to be 70 teenage kids? Yeah. Because you said out of nowhere. Yeah. So it was planned. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, like, out of nowhere, the rain came, and they're packed inside instead of being outside where we originally had them planned to be. Make sense? Uh, yeah. And I apologize for all this movement. I'm out of sad. nowhere. Nobody hears this on the podcast anyway because they just listen to it. So out of nowhere, you. this girl shows up. She, hey, Mr. Rempe. I said, yes whatever your name is. And she said, my boyfriend absolutely loves Sam, the cooking guy. And he found out about you from watching Sam, the cooking guy. Can you believe that? We're coming full circle. My friend, somebody in Cleveland besides me is your biggest fan. You know what? That makes me happy. Yeah. And that makes me happy. She's like, he doesn't really, you know, he's a, you know what? It's 17. 18-year-old yeah. kid, probably some punk, and doesn't really like to cook and doesn't really want to cook, but just loves watching Sam, just loves his whole vibe and attitude and just loves his entertainment. How about that? Uh, I, I'll admit that when, when people come up to me and they go, they're big fans, I thank them, we chat for a second, I go, do you cook? And I'd say 60% of the time they go, yeah, w- uh, I, I feel like I've learned to cook from you you've made it casual and understandable and the other 40 percent of the time they go no nah, i don't cook and i go but you watch they go yeah i go i'm fine with that yeah take the watches i'm fine with that i'll take the watches yeah yeah you like the people that are gleaning the info and using it to be 100%. productive and then you're 100%. also enjoying the fact that people will watch you for entertainment like they like your vibe and your personality and how you're bringing it across you could be hammering nails into wood and if you were doing it yeah. the Sam the cooking guy way, they would watch. Yeah. But here but here's the thing. You know what I do what you do. Um both of us believe that we're giving information. People we want people to be learning from us. Right. But at the heart of it, Greg, really is its entertainment. Sure. I've said that before about the about the, you know, the news. You're not going to watch a, a nightly newscast if it's in black and white. The guy's got a flat monotone. There's no music. Right. You could take his twin brother, put him on the screen beside him, put it in color, put good graphics, the exact same words um, with a dramatic music when it needs to be, and he's his voice fluctuates up and down, and you're being entertained. He could be talking about a, a terrible story about an earthquake and people dying or, or hurricanes and stuff, you're still being entertained on a certain level. It doesn't mean you always have to be laughing to be entertained, but it's got to get you. And the fact that people will watch us 
not for the entertainment necessarily, not for the information, I mean, but yep. for the, for just to be entertained like they would watch, you know, uh, 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 I don't know, you know, the housewives or, or Seinfeld or, you know, whatever. Um, that makes me feel good. Yeah. I feel like we owe it to the people that follow us, that watch us to give them a product that they can, they can enjoy. Right. It's not simple. That's right. Sam, the cooking guy joining us here. The cooking by the way, is his mm. website. You can also subscribe to his YouTube channel, which by the way, at last count, 837,000 plus subs, which is great. Almost Shh. at a million there. We're on the count to a million as I saw uh, flash on the, road on the graph. To a million, yeah. we call it. We'll be there. Uh, we feel like we feel like we've been adding a hundred thousand a month, ish, hmm. give or take a couple thousand. All right. End of the summer, then but, easily. Uh, yeah, I'd say, I'd say the way it's going right now, it should be you know beginning of August, and then we're going to do something fun. We, we're talking about what that will be, but all right, something fun. Got a email from a listener, Eric Greg. Like the exclusive Barbecue Hall of Fame live cast. It was great, by the way. Yep. In other news, Sam, the cooking guy, oven bakes his ribs. Shake my head in his latest video, McRib Sliders. The guy's got an outdoor kitchen that kills, smokers galore, and he oven bakes the ribs. He did at least finish them on the grill. I guess it could have been worse. Boiled ribs, but come on, man. How do you please to these charges? I consider myself, well, I, I have to I plead guilty. 100%. I mean, I'm not going to lie my way out of it. It's on uh, video. <laughs> uh, look, uh, you know, I understand who my audience is. Right. I understand what my audience likes and does. And I understand what they have at, uh, at, at their um, fingertips. Smokers is, are not necessarily in everybody's backyard. Charcoal, um, Weber's, though not expensive and don't take up a whole lot of room, not everybody has. Mm -hmm. But pretty much no matter where you live, you have an oven. Right. And my point is, I, I can get them where I want them beautifully in the oven. Beautifully. And then I think, I, I put a rub on them first. Did he say that? No. He made it sound like I just... Threw them in a 125 degree oven. Willy nilly. Not true. I put a rub on them. Uh, I roasted them. Then I took them out. They had a lot of flavor and they were tender as F, but they were not colored beautifully. They didn't have much texture. And then I, I put my sauce on and then I finished them on the, on the grill. Yep. And I'm telling you what I did is doable by 95% of my audience. Mm -hmm. And the other 5% that can't do it are incarcerated. Here's what we need to tell Eric. Yeah. Eric, if it was me doing this, that would be a better email to send. Break your effing balls. Right. Uh, talk about I got right. shit in my backyard, bro. Right. I get it. The stuff you've yeah. got. If I did that, send me that email all day long. But no Sam's audience, as Sam is now telling you. Sam knows his audience, and it's not necessarily the barbecue and grilling community that I am serving. It's not, which, which you could argue makes me an unusual guest to be on this show, well, named the Barbecue Central Show. Correct. But as I say often, it's not always a show about barbecue That's and grilling. 
but food because we all love food. Here's something that I love. Let's talk about it. We got a couple minutes, unfortunately. That's okay. I was late. The second, so you just released the street corn video, which I wanted to talk about, but we're not going to be able to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but go next time, the corn people. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it next good. time for sure because I okay. love it's something that I was kind of just introduced to uh, almost a year ago. So I definitely want to get yeah. into more of that. But it's let's talk blog. about deep fried tomahawk steak video, or as I grew up calling it, not as grandiose as you did, fondue, if you will. So like most people call fondue or think of fondue as like bread and fruit and cheese. Yeah. But I, Jeez. when I grew up, we had this pot that was fired by Sterno underneath and there was oil, Earl, in there, boiling Earl, Earl and we had yeah. cubes of meat and we would stick them in the boiling Earl. And then we'd pull them out after a couple minutes. We'd slice them up, dip them in some compound butter that my mom made, and that was fondue for us. So seeing you do a tomahawk steak was I like a huge fondue for me. That's all I did. I did a big version of what you did. Yeah. Wow. Look, I got I got a, an awful lot of shit for that video. Really? I mean, it's got it's got a lot of eyeballs. It's it's uh, created a little con a controversy, or as the Brits would say controversy and i like to say controversy but yeah. but my wife looks at me and she goes you know you're not english right i go yeah okay uh i got shit for a couple things i got shit for uh not putting the bone in in the I got shit in the oil for, uh, in the oil well yeah, why I would you really put it in the, the oil uh, what do people i mean uh, you can't have uh, you know three hundred thousand people watch a video and not get great comments right and it's a uh, 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 shit comment. Yeah. They're going to come. You're stupid. I hate your glasses. You can't cook. You're an asshole. Who let you do this? Why are you do? You know, this is the 16th video I've watched. I hate everyone. So stop. <laughs> stop. It's kind of but that's, that's the nature of social media. Everybody is a tough guy when all they have to share are their fingers typing on yeah. a keyboard. But so, you know, I cut open, I, 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 I'm slicing the, the, the ribeye. And by the way, I could have very easily bought like a regulation size ribeye. No, no bone, right. no like handle bone. Cooked it in like an inch of oil, flipped it over, would have been fine. But, that, but back to the entertainment thing, sure. how exciting is that? Right. So I buy 20, $20 of oil, my hands are, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Twenty dollars in oil. Yeah, two feet. Three pound ribeye that went in, right? And uh, it came out. I'm slicing it, and here are the comments: "Never seen a more raw piece of steak." That guy for sure shit his pants the entire next day. <laughs> that that was freaking disgusting. You saw I that comment that I left. Yeah, <laughs> and then like right below that was effing the raw and disgusting was the best steak you've ever cooked, bro, you nailed it. Mm. And so there's no, my grandmother would lay it off like this. That's why they make different flavors of ice cream. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their taste. I'm just going to tell you, it was delicious. I put a rub on it first. It was fantastic. Mm. It was fun to watch. What kind of rub it did you put on it? Oh, I did uh, what I, I did. Uh, let me think about it. Kosher salt, mm -hmm. little brown sugar, garlic powder, uh, pepper, maybe a little cumin. 
And uh, the oil was running in what, 350, 375-ish? Exactly, 350. Okay. Knowing, knowing as soon as it hit, it was going to drop, but still it was okay. Yeah. Um, it took uh, it took like eight minutes, and the so I watched it obviously, and after only after a couple minutes, the outside is like exactly what you're looking for. It's like yeah. totally golden brown and crispy, crunchy. You just want to lick it. Interestingly, it didn't get too far away from that original color. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't go jet black and look burnt at all, right? Ever, right? You certainly didn't need to finish it on a flat top or, or take a torch to it. It was really pretty and it was delicious and the flavor was great. And yeah, then I had the people that said, look, Hey man, if you had, if you had cooked it in beef tallow, uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have had any oil taste. I didn't taste oil. You know, that's the thing about deep frying. You know, everybody's got an opinion, but that's the thing about deep frying. If it's at the right temperature, it doesn't suck in the oil. Mm-hmm. It just like seals. Fries shouldn't taste like oil. If they do, wherever you got them from it has cooked them in oil that was not nearly hot enough. Hmm. We do uh, we do uh, tots at the restaurant, not yeah. not tacos. And um, you know when we were playing around in the beginning, trying to get it right, very beginning we didn't have the oil hot enough. They came out looking okay. Took longer, came out looking okay, and you go, well, that's a nice looking tot. And you take a bite, and it was like a sponge filled with oil. Yeah, yeah. But if it's hot enough, not too hot, because you'll just burn the shit out of thing, it'll be ruined. I think people should deep fry more. I was really scared of it for the longest time. And we could do an entire show on that. Yeah, let's. But one of the benefits that comes from being okay with deep frying is fried fucking chicken. I'm trying not to swear on your show. Oh, fried chicken. We're starting today. Well, I'm trying to be cognizant of it because there's a couple people that don't like it. But that being <laughs> okay, said, name I, them. I was asked name them the, by name. Who doesn't I like don't you? Know swear who they are. I feel like put you their tell names out. There, there's a there's we're, uh, we're courageous on the show. We're courageous on the show, Sam. Outside of San Diego is a, is a city, <laughs> local city called Oceanside. Yeah. And they have this the big of uh, this big event coming up, and they asked me if I would be the MC of it. Uh-oh. I can't do it. But in the in the email, they didn't know how to get me, so they went to somebody that I know, and they those people had a little back and forth. And in the final one, they said, you know, yes, we would love it if he could do it. Just one thing, that we can't have any swearing if he's okay with that. Well, of course I'm okay with that. Of course. And I'm, I'm a big boy. I could, don't have to swear. Right. I don't have to. When the lights are on and the money's getting paid, you don't. You can turn yeah. off the swear meter. That being said, I was on our local Fox channel one morning a couple of years ago. I heard it, and you yeah. said the F word, by the way. I, no, no, no. Oh, yes, you I did. Said the, I said the S word. Uh, yeah, right. The S word. Sorry, the S word. And, and the anchor and I just gl- did this with each other and then just <laughs> kept going and... <laughs> Wait, wasn't there another one where you did say the F word and they dumped it and you said they didn't or they said you did, oh, but you said you didn't. That was radio. Yeah. Radio. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. You should be able to, I mean, are we not adults now? Come on. Canada. You can say you, you, you'll hear shit on TV. I think all throughout the day. Yeah. And the F word I think is actually okay after nine o'clock at night or something mm. like that. Yeah. But guess what? Where it's not Canada. Yeah, you're damn right. 
You want to swear or you want to swear on television? Go move back to Canada. That they kicked Are you we out. Adults. Yeah, of course. Ah, uh, I swear in front of my kids sometimes. I I emceed our um, the rabbi of my synagogue. I'm not a particularly religious man, but the rabbi and I have become friendly over the past few years. It was his retirement gala Saturday night, and I was the MC. Hmm. And I, there were a few swear words in there, and it, it was welcome. You know, the funny thing is, is a well-placed swear word, and I'm not saying like sea sucker or the C word, oh. anything like oh. that. I'm just saying like the occasional shit or maybe F. I didn't use the F word, but I did say shit a couple of times. It went over well. I also told this I, this really great joke about foreskin that. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you one day. Yeah, maybe we'll talk uh, about that and during the deep fry cycle. I said to somebody, I, I have a, I, I have a joke about foreskins. Do you think I can tell it? And the woman that was about seventy looked at me and she goes, "We're all Jewish, of course, <laughs> of course. It's an important part of our yes. Our it's a, it's a whole event." She absolutely greenlit the joke for me, and I'm going to tell you it went over really well in that crowd. Okay. Well, you can tell me off air, and then we'll figure if we want to release fine. it next month. It is, no, it is not a problem for anybody. Uh, go to Sam the Cooking Guy's YouTube channel and get him to a million subscribers. A-S-A-F-P. Sam the Cooking Guy is here the first Tuesday of the month. Thecookingguy.com is his website. Otherwise, not not tacos. Dot com is the restaurant. Hey, let me ask you one question. Yeah. I got a permanent Tuesday spot. Yes. Because who isn't here? Let's talk shit about them. Um, there was nobody here in this segment. This was a, oh. no, this was an open segment that I would book. I was I, trying to create a little controversy and apparently I, I failed no, it. I'm sorry, but uh, can I, can it I is made you? specifically for you. It's made for you. Can I, can I encourage you and your uh, viewers slash listeners yep. to adopt the, the term controversy? Controversy? Instead of controversy. All right. Let's also, see if we can make that a thing. Controversy, and we will continue to wrap our ribs in aluminum foil. How about that? Oh, I don't say that. That sounds ridiculous. English people say aluminum, by the way. By the way, for those of you that are watching that have no maybe no English. grills or smokers, ribs, on a baking sheet, little uh, white vinegar, cover them tightly with foil, 350 for 75 minutes, then take them out, then sauce them and throw them on the barbecue if you have one. If not, crank that oven to broil and sauce them and just be careful and watch them. I'm telling you, you'll be glad you did. Well, we went right from knowing our audience to right not knowing our audience. <laughs> Very I'm, good. I'm here for the people. Very good. I am I'm the people's cook. All right. Uh, second Tuesday of the month, you will see him. It is Sam the Cooking Guy. Sam, always appreciate the time, pal. By the way, quickly, can we catch up later privately about um, Matt this morning? On yes, yes, of course. That was one of the best episodes of yes. anything. Ever. We will. All right. I'll talk Thanks, to you, pal. Thanks. All right. Yeah. There he is, Sam the Cooking Guy. Right there on the Fogo Charcoal Hotline. I believe we have already pressed into the second hour. And I have plenty to get to. So This is Brian Mayer. Okay, Brian Mayer. Hot Sauce Weekly. And you are listening to BCRN. All barbecue and grilling all the time. Okay, and that will say I'm the cooking guy. Again, his website, thecookingguy.com. 
and we will transition into the second hour. So stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. 